In this episode, we talk about the EV future of Lexus, this week on the Lexus Enthusiast Podcast. Hello everyone, this is Kevin Watts, founder of Lexus Enthusiast, and joining us is Michael Pannone, executive editor of the website. How are you doing, Mike? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pretty crazy week. I don't necessarily think we were expecting um, Lexus to come out with seven new concepts, completely change the direction of the brand, and uh, <laughs> it's one of those things where I don't even know where we're going to start. I don't either. It's, I, I can't remember a time in recent memory where it's just been like the table has been totally reset like this so it's interesting i would say that this is the most fundamental change that lexus has ever undergone Mm -hmm. i want to set the table for everybody maybe who isn't following as closely as we are so let's get into what happened this tuesday there was a bunch of announcements uh prior to tuesday Oh, check out this announcement from Japan that's going to affect Toyota and Lexus, and the EV future of Lexus. And I was like, oh, maybe they're going to, you know, talk about new battery plants or maybe they're going to show the RZ and just maybe give us a, a brief overview of what their plans are. So what happened is, is they had this press conference on Tuesday morning, 2 a.m. Eastern time and woke up the next morning and I saw, oh, Lexus is going to go fully V by 2030 in North America. I was like, wow, that's that's, that's pretty crazy. And Oh, and here's some new shots of the RZ450E. They announced the powertrain, if you can call it a powertrain. So, oh, wow, like, here we go. Like, this is great. And I typed it all up and I went and got my coffee. And then you text me and you're like, did you see all these concepts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And attached to this press conference where the entire Lexus brand has been changed, they revealed six concepts that were immediately visible. We knew exactly what they were. And then we looking through the photos and, and and sure enough, there's another concept. So seven concepts, mm-hmm. six production vehicles, and the RZ450E. Right. All in a single day. Right. <laughs> so first of all, I think everybody should check out the show notes yeah. in case they're not familiar with like the images. It's really important as we get into this conversation that you, you're able to see the, the seven concepts and also the six production models. We're going to break all of them down, try and get into some general stuff. Yeah. What were your first impressions about all this? Like you, the first thing that I saw was the RZ450E announcement. I saw it on social and I was like, oh, cool. You know, they pulled off the wrap. Like, this is it. This is the RZ. First thought, I guess. I mean, the RZ looks nice. It looks about like what I expected. I know we talked about it a lot in the last podcast, but the RZ looked nice. And then it was just weird because there were a lot of different assets released for this announcement. There were multiple pictures of multiple models and multiple lineups. Like there was a Toyota lineup, there was a Lexus lineup, and then there were two photos of two different Toyota and Lexus lineups. So at first you look at it and it it really was sort of overwhelming. Kind of, you're you're kind of thinking like, what do we make of this? And then like when we started jumping into the release and hearing like North America and major markets by 2030, rest of the global markets, Lexus is going to be electric by 2035. I don't know, like that really was kind of rolling around my head for a couple days and still is. And I have a lot of thoughts. So I don't know. What was your first impression? My first impression was finally, like finally. I have to think that this has been top of mind for Lexus executives for a decade. As much as it was chaotic and as much as, because we didn't even talk, like there were like 10 Toyota concepts 
also. Mm -hmm. It was absolutely bonkers. I just really felt like this is what Lexus has been aimed at for so long. I would say, and I mean, I'm not going to, hindsight obviously is 2020, but I would say that this whole thing has been, what do you, what would you say? Uh, A PR stunt. <laughs> no, I, but well, I, I think it's definitely. very true that like yeah. a lot of what I read was that the scale of this announcement and the number of models and the way that it was relayed is a direct reaction to the fact that people feel like Toyota hasn't done enough with electrification. And if oh, I stand absolutely. all the way back in the back of the room, they definitely accomplish that. Like they definitely have made a statement, made a point that they are not, you know, on the wall anymore with electrification and they've probably done more like this is probably the most significant announcement around electric vehicles i think potentially in the industry and i read somebody else make a really good point about this and that was that like if you look at it tesla has been you know tesla had the model s and then they put a different greenhouse on it and called it the model x and then you know now we have the three and the y and then you have rivian who has a truck but like there's nobody who has a full lineup of electric vehicles and there's a lot of reasons for that obviously so Lexus coming out and being like, here is a full lineup of battery electric vehicles is the strongest announcement towards electrification I think any major automaker has made so far. It's no longer like a niche. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that Toyota is uniquely positioned to be able to do this. I mean, the VW group could potentially do something like this, but uh, no other mainstream luxury manufacturer would be able to do what Toyota has done with Lexus. Right. And they've been aimed at this for a long time. Like I said, like my whole hypothesis about the future of the automotive industry has been that design is going to be the only thing that matters. Mm -hmm. Design and ownership experience are the only thing that matter because eventually we're going to get to a point where all of the powertrains are going to be nearly identical across the industry. And I say that because as soon as everybody goes electric, there's only going to be different scales of that. There's going to be faster vehicles. There's going to be, you know, there'll still be performance vehicles, but the idea is fundamentally the same. Like you're going to be able to have really high performance in almost every vehicle like we see with Tesla. I mean, from a luxury perspective, obviously, mainstream is a little bit more difficult. So Toyota has been able to just completely turn Lexus into a Tesla fighter. And I, I have to think like the reason why they went so big so fast is the market capitalization of Tesla. It's really hard to find holes in the Tesla strategy. The way that Tesla has done everything, and mm -hmm. here this is this is Toyota saying, okay, so everybody likes Tesla, but what if we added Toyota reliability and Lexus design? Those are two things that Tesla cannot compete with. So you're getting a, a much more fuller package with Lexus going EV. That's what I think. I I agree with what you said. I mean, I think that the point has been made wisely many times that the best way to do electric is to have it be a premium product. Like trying to do mainstream electric is tough from a cost standpoint. Yeah, and that's what. Tesla, I think, has done really well. I think there's a couple things that hit me about this release that I just sort of was like, huh, it's going to be interesting to see how this works out. Number one is that for the last couple years, Akio Toyota has been basically preaching to the world, like I think even as recently as like three months ago, that the world is not ready to be fully electric. Like he's right. been pushing that on a lot of occasions, <laughs> like the world isn't yeah. ready for it. Our charging infrastructure isn't ready for it. And for that reason, you know, they've had this thing that Lexus remains committed to a diversified portfolio approach or Toyota rather. And I think what seems to be 
happening is that Toyota will probably still be selling gasoline cars and some other stuff. And then the bulk of Lexus will be hybrid or plug-in hybrid or fuel cell vehicles or EVs and then transition to fully EV. That part of it, I guess, makes sense to me. It is a little bit of backpedaling from what Akio has been saying for quite a while. So oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And I that point is just really interesting to me. Obviously, I don't know why. I don't know what changed, but he's been a very outspoken critic of going full EV. And then all of a sudden we have this like, here's 20 concepts that are all electric and our luxury brand is going to be fully electric in eight years. The other concern I have about that is just like, in some ways, I'm not sure that that's not going to make Lexus somewhat of a niche brand like more so than it is already. Like there's a lot that can change in eight years. So I could be wrong about that. But the appeal of EVs, like I go back to that quote that we talk about sometimes where it's like electric vehicles make up 7% of sales, but get 70% of press and media mentions. Yeah. I don't know that a lot of people, especially a lot of Lexus owners are really ready to have like their second Lexus from now be completely electric. I think IS owners, I think the people who are more on the cutting edge, like, IS and LC and potentially LS and some of those people, like I think they're ready probably now. But your core RX and ES and NX buyer who likes buying the same thing and likes how it works and doesn't want to change, I don't know that those people are going to be ready for electric as soon as Lexus wants them to be. Maybe they will and I'm not I'm not giving them enough credit. Maybe as those people phase out, there will be enough other people coming to Lexus to make up for that. But it's a pretty bold move. Like I think you and I talked about it. I was expecting kind of an interim generation of products that were like all hybrid before yeah. we went to all EV. And I feel like that would have been a good sort of like training wheels step to get some of these people on the EV train. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a really big shift. It's a really big shift. Well, you make the point about RX and ES buyers and NX buyers. That is the bulk of Lexus buyers mm-hmm. worldwide. It is. Those yeah. are the three three biggest models. And it's really interesting. So to kind of frame it, there were seven concepts revealed and then in the dark in the back Mm -hmm. there's these six production models if we say that the production models in the rear of this major lexus photo are the interim generation of vehicle between where we are now and where we'll be you look at those seven concepts and the nx isn't there Mm -hmm. the es isn't there and the rx are not there there's no concepts that could be directly relatable to those three models and i'm wondering if lexus is going to go into this very simple Simplified six model lineup in the future because my biggest problem with Lexus has been their reliance on those three models. Hmm. Agreed. I want to see more premium products. I want to see Lexus get back to this pursuit of perfection that, I mean, really brought me in in the first place. And that's what I really love about this is that it's it's abandoning a lot of the cruft and the, the traditions of Lexus, but at the same time getting back to this like core element. Because how long has it felt? since we could say that Lexus was in the pursuit of perfection. Like, (laughs) just from, say, the introduction of the fourth generation GS, there's only been a select amount of new powertrains that have come. And you can't pursue perfection without being at the forefront of powertrain technology. Mm -hmm. So in a way, Lexus has felt very hollow to me over the last few years in that it didn't really ring true. Like the whole core concept of Lexus didn't ring true. And that's why I really love this. Plus, you know, I've been very clear. I'm I'm a huge EV guy. I really love EVs. I love the technology. I think it's luxury. There's nothing more luxury to me than EV. I have to say, probably the most excited 
I've been in years and years and years about Lexus. There's a couple other pieces of the puzzle here that are kind of missing for me personally. So Mm -hmm. like the LX just came out. It's not even really, you know, it's barely out yet, honestly. The LX tends to be on like a 10 to 15 year life cycle. We have the trademarks for the new GX, GX 550 and GX 550H. So we know those are coming at some point. We have trademarks for TX and the new RX. And so, I mean, I think, I think the TX and the RX, you can probably, you know, maybe they fit somewhere into some of these concepts or something, but there's still pieces of the puzzle here that are just sort of unknown and that's okay. Like Lexus doesn't have to tell us everything now. But you hit on something before, which was like, let's look at the six production models and the seven concepts and, you know, try to plot out what's happening. One thing that wasn't clear to me really was like, just how conceptual are these cars? Are these placeholders or are these concepts or are they, you know, are they ideas? We don't know. (laughs) And so I guess like over the next couple years, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they are and they aren't or what comes of them. Because, you know, a lot of the release centered on like the sports car and the RZ and all the other ones were just sort of in the background. Yeah. Which again is like, it's fine. That's part of the media impact of this is like keeping people wondering and all that. But it still sort of raises more questions than it provides answers in a sense. Oh, yeah. And I like I just there's just a lot of things about it that I don't get. Yeah, well, (laughs) there's no other way to put it. Like, I just, I just, there's a lot of it I don't get. And I think one of the other biggest things to me is like, where did the spindle go? And I guess maybe some people will be cool with that and some people won't. But to me, like, these don't look like Lexus cars. No, they don't. And you're absolutely right. And I share your concern because they say, okay, well, in eight years, we're going to do, we're going to be full EV. But what happens in the lead up to those eight years? Mm-hmm. And is Lexus now like a hamstrung in its next true, true. in its next generation of vehicle? I don't know if this if this was built in a way to shock and like all of the work that was put into these concepts was really more pure conceptual. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to have this, we're gonna have this crossover, we're gonna have a sedan. They're not really actually gonna look like this, but this is what's gonna happen. And giving us more of like a, a framework that they're gonna work into. Right. But like, exactly. like what you're saying is is about the spindle grill missing is that it's still visible in a way it's more built into the the hood and the front end yeah like the whole front end is a somewhat spindle shape but to be honest with you like the front end to me almost looks more like mclaren especially the sports car well i i actually thought the design the way that the design looks is very toyota Mm. I mean, obviously there's this like the ability with an EV to like really play around with, with vehicle forms and everything, but mm-hmm. the, just the, the, the way that it comes in and then darkens at the bottom is, is really the core Toyota visual identity right now. Yeah, it is. You're right. And I wonder if this was, I mean, there's so many concepts. I wonder if they just tore into these concepts and it was like all hands on deck, Toyota and Lexus designers all coming together. And this is what they came up with. Like, like, oh, we need this and this and this. There's no way right. that these are going to reach production. Like the elements of it, the visual identity may be similar, but there's a long time between right now and when they release this, say this EV LFA. Yeah. Like, 
there's a lot of things that need to happen. And so you have this, like, there's a danger. There's a danger, like, inherent in this, in that you really minimize the impact of your current lineup and yeah. minimize what comes out next. And you come up with a brand new car and people say, well, why isn't it? Why isn't it one of those EV concepts? Like, yeah. So they really, they're going to have to do like a parallel track of vehicles in order to justify such a spectacle. And I don't know. There's a definitely a lot to it. I don't either. And I, even though it's only a one word nuance, there's part of me that wishes that some of this, they'd almost just called them all like concepts, right? Like, like sports car concept, like SUV concept. Cause I think then it would have been easier to be like, okay, cool. These are all ideas that Lexus is working towards and we'll see the, you know, we're, we'll see what they really mean in eight years. But coming up with like a lineup of seven cars and then you can tell like the cars in the shadow the six behind the seven they those are those are lexus products like you like you can tell the nx the ux the new rx like you can see that they kind of bridge the gap but um i and i i want to make sure i don't sound like i'm being negative about it like the announcement overall was exciting and i think you and i've been saying for a while and i think akio made this point that electrification is such a compliment to the lexus experience of like being quiet Mm -hmm. being smooth being powerful so in that sense, there's a lot of things about this that I think are very exciting and I, I get it. It's just going to, we have a long way to go before we figure out how this makes sense. And my concern is how Lexus will transition their core buyer, because I don't think that their core buyer is going to be like super excited about this news. But like the point you made before too, that Lexus has relied so, so long on ES and RX and NX, like we've made this point plenty, but like, it's been a pretty rough, like 10 plus years for people who like products outside of that. Like if you like the GS or the LS or the IS, it's been pretty up and down. And, uh, one thing that those concepts do seem to show is a future for Lexus that is much more exciting than like ES, NX, RX plus. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So that part of it is exciting. Well, I just, there's a couple things that happened with this announcement, right? So we started off 2030 Lexus full electric in North America, Europe and China, and then the rest of the world, 2035. Mm-hmm. So we had that. That's that's a pretty wild. And then they say, oh, and by the way, we're by 2030, we're going to start selling. We're going to start selling globally 1 million vehicles. <laughs> so, okay. All right. So I did the math. I just want to, I'm just going to like contextualize this for everybody. A million cars by 2030 is a 30% increase over 2020. 2020, it has to be said, COVID mm-hmm. was 6% below the previous year 2019 so let's just say it's a 25 percent increase in sales in the next eight years like that's crazy (laughs) you know you're looking you're looking at like three to four percent growth every year which is 100 percent possible yeah but those sales have to come from somewhere right right and you know i wanted to see i was like well wow like that's pretty amazing mercedes currently 2019 i looked all these up mercedes sold 2.5 million vehicles bmw sold 2.5 and audi sold 1.8 in 2019 globally so lexus isn't going to be up in that stratosphere of the German three. They still have a long way to go. They essentially have to like triple their sales in order to get to that conversation. But they're also, there's also so much to be excited about because this is really Lexus. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's my perspective. I don't know. You were saying about how you're skeptical or like a little bit reserved about this whole thing. I have to think that it's a a reaction to my over the top enthusiasm. (laughs) 
So, because <laughs> I have been very enthusiastic this week. I guess to me, I just think at the end of the day, the Lexus buyer generally is a deeply practical person. And so, yeah. like, that's the truth of it. There's a lot of reasons for that practicality. Like, you know, Lexus cars aren't generally as expensive as the Germans. They're generally a hell of a lot more reliable. They're easy to use and easy to operate. Like, I'm not saying Lexus can't migrate all those things over into batteries. Like, I'm, you know, obviously they have yeah. a plan for it. But getting the customer base to move and do the same thing is going to be a wholly different experience. I honestly don't think they're, I don't think they're concerned. I don't think they care. Yeah. I have to say, like you're saying about how Lexus is going to become a niche player. And there is a lot of things that have to happen. And mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, all right. To me, that's great. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I want to see, I want to see Lexus become like a Porsche competitor and and have this like really big shift, this like genuine shift to that level of vehicle. And I think that that's what they're planning. And I think that they just, they're abandoning mainstream luxury. I don't know who's going to take over that position. I wonder if this is like a play within, you know, because they bought a lot of Mazda, right? Like yeah, Toyota. I don't, I don't know what the stake is, but yeah. Yeah. But like they have a vested interest in Mazda becoming a premium brand. I wonder if they're just like, we need, you know, you look at the VW group, they don't need to go up against Audi. They need to go up against Porsche. And I wonder if that's what's happening here. And I mean, to say that and think that is amazing, but also kind of scary. I got to say, I think like as much as I would love Lexus to be a Porsche competitor, in my personal opinion, I think that would be a tremendous mistake. Hmm. And like, look, the last time that Lexus tried to make a turn and turn into something that they weren't was with F and F Sport. And hmm. look how that went. Like the core of Lexus is still ES, RX, NX. It is. It just Didn't is. Change. Yeah. And so again, I'm not saying it can't happen, but like if Lexus comes out with some super aggressive plan to move everything over to EV and it's like the past is the past and this is a new day, like look at the other companies who've done that. Cadillac, Jaguar, yeah. how are they doing? Yeah, well. They're not doing real good. Yeah. So um, That's a fair point. Look, at some point, these people are going to have to shift and things are going to have to change. I don't doubt that. And I think there's going to be some people like we just talked about with the fact that electrification is a really great complement to the Lexus experience. We're going to have plenty of ES and RX and NX people who see that and agree and love it. We're also mm -hmm. going to have plenty of people who buy an ES or an RX and keep it for 10 years and say, I don't know about this battery stuff. Like, I'm not comfortable with that and yeah. go somewhere else. And Lexus might be okay with that. Like, this could be what you're saying, one of those really transitional moments in the brand's history where things really change and it's really different and you're either on or you're off. But yeah, it like that's a huge risk. And I think Lexus, whatever, 30 year history or whatever has been built on approachable value luxury. And if oh, yeah. they think that they're going to just sort of jump out of that box and go to like electrified premium sport like a Japanese Porsche, there's not really any customers there waiting to greet them. I'll put it that way. Mm, it's a very uh, pleasant way to put it. <laughs> I I have to think though like this is such an unknown and mm -hmm. it's exciting because it's an interesting point and I, I wanted to mention it you know talking with distributors around the world in different markets oh, yeah. <laughs> this event took everyone by surprise like not just consumers and media even the people inside that are running Lexus you know around the world were like mm -hmm. like what is this yeah and this was not a distributor level conversation Oh, obviously, I imagine high level, there was 
an element of like things are going to be changing. You better make sure you turn on the TV on, uh, on Tuesday. <laughs> right. But like this is such a Japanese-led decision, mm-hmm. and knowing as we do the Akio Toyota personality, you know they've made it very clear over the years. I really feel like this is what he's always envisioned for Lexus. Like, I think you're right for Lexus to be more than a mainstream premium brand. And like, look at the things that he's been most passionate about. There was the LC, there's the LFA, and then I don't really personally feel like he's ever been behind any other product. I agree. I don't either. Those are the only two products that he ever came out and like publicly was like behind. Mm-hmm. And it never felt like he was really on board for what Lexus was. I think it's safe to say now, like it's been mentioned numerous times, like he got into like prototypes for the LSF and the LCF and was like, no, <laughs> these are not good. Yeah. These are not good enough to, yeah. to wear the Lexus badge. And I just feel like he has a vision and that vision has obviously just changed. You're absolutely right. Like he's never been behind EV as like a central technology. They're always pushing the hydrogen fuel cell. Yeah. Fuel cell. And I just think part of that was like from an investment standpoint, they had invested so much in fuel cell. Hybrid was the Lexus identity. Mm-hmm. Like hybrid Lexus did that. They were the driving force of that technology in the market. And so I just wonder if like he just woke up one day and was like okay i have this vision <laughs> oh god i hope not i hope it was more than that <laughs> i have this vision okay everybody start drawing concepts right <laughs> oh but it's there's so much to unpack it's going to be really interesting because we we do have to get there mm-hmm. we, it's not like this is going to of like just happen next year there's a lot to go in and so that means that we're not going to be able to figure it all out today i'm sorry true. everybody true <laughs> I do want to talk about, just in general terms, I want to talk about all these concepts and about the production models. So we're just going to kind of go out and list them and what we thought they were, Mm -hmm. right? So the seven new concepts, there was a a new supercar, have a zero to 60 in around two seconds and have a range of 435 miles, which is all right. (laughs) Yeah, I can't really complain with those uh, stats. There's like, there was an EV sedan, there was an EV crossover, and then there was all these like variants of right. the sedan. And it was really kind of confusing because two of the other concepts were like the Identical. same car. Yeah. Except one looked a little bit longer. Yeah. And there's some kind of convertible. I originally thought it was like a convertible version of the supercar, but one guy in the forum schooled me, a Super 93 shout out. Mm-hmm. And that was just another variant of this like sedan. The shapes are all the same. and Yeah, they are. And then, so there was that. And then like two days later, everybody's looking through the photos and like, is that the new LS too? So yeah. like, there was like an LS concept buried in like this group shot. Crazy. Then there was also next to the RZ in that lineup, there was also like a large SUV, like a large electric SUV, which who knows, maybe that's supposed to be the TX. I don't know. Because yeah. like in the back of the, like the main Lexus photo, yeah. there was six production models. And one of them was the Corolla Cross, 100%. <laughs> like, I can't even believe that. They must have just listened to the podcast and thrown that one in last. <laughs> <laughs> there was the UX, which I imagine is like the UX300E. Yeah. It didn't really look different, eh? The UX to you? No, I don't think so. I think that's a one and done, Jen. Or it'll just be super different for the next generation, probably. Yeah. 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 Then NX, RX, LX. Mystery SUV. I don't know what that is, but it's definitely not an LX. 
Really? Yeah. I thought it was. No, if you look at the shape of it, I don't know. It could even be like a new oh. GX. I have no idea. Okay. But it does have an EV front end. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if like that's the production version of the console. <laughs> like, holy crap. We're, this is like Inception right now, right? And then the final production model was what looked like the next ES. Mm-hmm. So I think this is 13 cars. Yep. How are we ever going to discuss 13 cars? The LS one looked... I don't know. I know that it was kind of a concept, but it looked like a concept that was on its way to production. Yeah. The LS, it was weird because like we referenced before, there were a lot of different pictures and then it was almost like there were different versions of different pictures. Like there were two versions of this picture. One of them had the LS next to the sports car and then another one had a different vehicle in its place. Mm -hmm. Somebody pointed this out on the forum as well. Again, actually it was a super 93 and he was like, anyone think this is the LS? And like I breezed over it because I saw the original version of that picture. Mm -hmm. Like when you zoom in on it, it looks very LS. Like it looks kind of like a mix between the LS plus and LFFC concepts. Mm -hmm. A bunch of people are like, oh, it has to be the IS. It has to be this or it has to be that. Like you can't look at the body language on that thing and tell me it's not an LS. Okay, so here we are. We've outlined these 13 models. I would say the UX, the NX, I mean, those, we know what those are. I don't know why they even had them in the photo. Mm -hmm. Those are the current production models because we didn't even talk about the RZ. So we're actually at 14. So we know what the NX and the UX is. The Mm -hmm. RX that's shown is just an RX with an NX. Front end. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't expecting anything different for the next RX. Were you? No, I mean, it's consistent with the rumors that we heard, even down to continuing to keep like the blacked out D pillar and everything like so so a couple people on the forums took these pictures and lightened them and kind of worked them over in Photoshop a little bit and you can see that's exactly what it is like it looks like they took the current RX smoothed out the body lines a little bit put a new NX front end on it and that's pretty much what it is (laughs) so yeah and I mean that's not shocking no so we're talking about three out of these 13 vehicles that are like, we, we know what these are. Mm-hmm. The other ones, I mean, where do you even start? What do you think is going to be the first one to hit production? Like, which one do you think is going to be released first out of all of these? After the RZ, probably the RX. Yeah. And then I have a feeling, and I, I wonder if this is how they're going to do it. In order to capitalize on this energy that they've created, in order to, you know, exist in two worlds at the same time, they're going to have to choose one of those concepts and make it into a production vehicle i would say in the next two years one of those has to bear fruit almost immediately in order for this to even start to make sense i guess i would be really shocked if it's one of the concepts in this picture that we keep referencing but i honestly have a feeling that the next ls is going to be electric that's fair yeah i think it'll at a minimum be hybrid like i think it'll at least be only hybrid if not fully electric and i say that because we've seen that the current generation of LS hasn't been particularly successful. There's been a lot of things about it that just were sort of like right idea, wrong time and didn't work out. And Lexus has even started to make some comments in passing saying that the next LS is going to be very different and like people will be surprised to see the direction they go in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, that points at some sort of large scale change for the LS. The LS, as we know, also historically has kind of painted the future vision of Lexus. And if mm-hmm. the future vision of Lexus is electric, it makes sense to me that the LS is going to be yeah, electric. That's, that, that's brilliant. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think that you're 100% right. I, to me, that makes the most sense. Yeah. Because you're able to kind of bridge things with a low volume model because they're not going to start with with the sedan. Or There's the not a lot of risk like, in doing that. No, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
they've committed to this future, mm -hmm. but they need to start the ball rolling. And LS to me is probably the first out of these concepts because it didn't look like the rest of the concepts either. Mm -mm. It definitely looked what we would say, I guess, is like a transitional model between then and now, right? Yeah, like, agreed. It's definitely the bridge between the past and this future that they've laid out. Yep. But I honestly wonder if during that time or potentially in that time frame that this supercar comes out. Like, I wonder if that supercar is the first of those central six new concepts. That might make sense, yeah. Out. We've heard some rumblings of this supercar mm -hmm. for a while. Yeah. And in that, I've always heard 2024 to 2025. And that might that make, would make sense. sense. Yeah. Yeah. I also just think that they can use this supercar the way that the LFA should have been used. <laughs> <laughs> because they can use it and then actually bring all of that tech, all of the design cues, everything, and start bringing it into more mainstream production models. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of exciting because the LS concept to me, I would say that that's pretty close to what the production model would look like. All of these other ones are pure concepts. And I have to think that to set the tone, the way that they positioned this supercar, the way that it was the only one that they even mentioned like anything in passing. Like, yeah. It was the only one where it was directly referenced. Yep. That just suggests to me, like, Koji Sato, the guy who developed the chief engineer of the LC, is now the president of Lexus International. You know where his heart is. And that's, that's daring and exciting. Like, it kind of sets the table. Yeah, I agree. We got a lot ahead of us to figure out. It's going to be an interesting couple of years at Lexus Enthusiast. Yeah, really. And I mean, like, this is, a, this is our bread and butter, everybody. Like, right. this is it. Like, we're just going to chip away at this until we figure it all out. Whether it's right or wrong, it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, everybody, we did our best. We're going to come back, you know, in the new year to kind of break down these new concepts a little bit more. And I hope everybody has a safe and happy holiday. Cool. Take care. Happy holidays.